Good morning, Four Oaks Church. It's Pastor Paul here on a Tuesday, February 28th, the last day of February 2023. So glad that you have joined us. And so we are working our way through the book of Matthew, and we're using the week prior to that Sunday sermon to unpack the passage before we hear the preaching on that particular text. So we've been going through the Gospel of Matthew, preaching through it on Sunday mornings at Four Oaks. And for example, we, this past Sunday, um, talked about Jesus calling his first disciples, and we used all of last week to unpack that passage in preparation for the sermon. And again, the idea here is not just to be consumers of information, of theology, of the Word of God, but to, to, to walk through these passages together to give us some tools to help us show us how to better interpret the Word of God for ourselves. And we are looking at three, count them, three very short verses at the end of Matthew chapter 4. And the heading on your Bible might say something like, Jesus ministers to great crowds or something like that. And as we discussed yesterday, thinking about our concentric circles and making our way uh, from the outer circle to the inward circle, the inward circle meaning the, the, the meaning of the text, the main point of the text, we, we talked about how this is sort of happening at the onset of Jesus's ministry. Jesus has been coronated as king. He has been tempted as king, proven himself, established his bona fides. He's called his first disciples to him as sort of the first followers of the kingdom. And now this circle expands outward where he begins to gather the crowds. And there's much to learn even from three short verses. And so let's read this and dig in. Verse 23, chapter 4. And he, meaning Jesus, went throughout all Galilee teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis, and from Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan." So yesterday we introduced this idea that, that Jesus, Jesus' ministry, you could think of it fundamentally into, in two spheres, and that these two spheres are never to be separated. They are distinct, but they're uh, at the same time uh, meant to be wedded together, and that is this ministry of the word and deed. And so Jesus is going around, Matthew tells us he's preaching He's proclaiming, he's teaching about the kingdom of God, about the gospel of Jesus Christ, while at the same time, he's healing, he's doing good works, he is um, getting his hands um, literally on people, he is ministering to their physical, spiritual needs. And won't go back over this, you can listen to yesterday's devotion if you, if you missed this, but but again, these are meant to go together. The, the, word, the, the deeds are meant to establish the credibility of the words, and the words are meant to reinforce the deeds. You can't separate them. Neither can we separate those two things in our Christian life either. Well, I want to dig into um, today that little phrase. Okay, let's go back to verse 23. He went throughout all 
all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. This is sort of Matthew's summary of what was happening through Jesus's ministry of the word, his ministry of teaching, preaching, of proclamation. And, and there's two words that, that Matthew uses here, and it's probably important for us to understand these two words because they are distinct, although they're, again, like word and deed, you can't separate them, but they are distinct. The first word is teaching, okay? The first word is for teaching. And um, the, there, there, there's, there's a specific Greek word um, underneath that, didasco, which means to instruct, which means to impart knowledge, okay? And um, when, it re when it relates to truth or a body of truth or body of knowledge. And then there's a second word, proclaiming, and again, that's another Greek word, and that means to herald, to proclaim, to exclaim. And two, well, one way to think about this is that Jesus went about teaching and Jesus went about preaching. Now, are they the same? How does that work? And do they, how do they relate? Are they two distinct activities? Okay, well, one way to think about it is this. When it, got, when it says that Jesus went, went around teaching in the synagogues, what, what, we're, what we're talking about here is we see very much in other parts of the Gospels where Jesus, for example, in Luke 4, goes into the synagogue in Nazareth and he unrolls the scroll and he begins to teach them from the book of Isaiah. And so, so teaching um, is this idea that, that we are communicating theological knowledge, that we are instructing that we are becoming masters of a field of, of knowledge. And when it comes to the Bible, obviously, teaching is of highest importance. God has given the church teachers to help discern error, to help um, unpack the meaning of the biblical text, to be able to distinguish between um, what is from the spirit versus what is from the flesh. Um, again, teaching is a, is a cornerstone, a foundation of all true biblical communities and every true biblical believer. It means to be steeped into the knowledge of the word, to be instructed, to be mastered by the word of God. At the same time, there is also an activity that's closely related to teaching, but is different, and that's this idea of preaching. And preaching is meant to be that sort of instruction that calls people to action, that sort of proclamation that is calling for a response, okay? And so let me, let me put it this way and see if you can understand this. All preaching must involve some element of teaching. But all teaching does not necessarily um, yield itself in preaching, okay? Meaning, and let, let, let me explain how this, how this could be. It, it's possible that you could be under teaching your whole life, listen to podcasts, read systematic theology books, take notes in your study Bible, be under teaching, accumulate a body of knowledge, but yet never put that into action. 
never be challenged, never be called to have a response towards obedience or faith. It's possible to exist in a world merely of teaching and become maybe um, a giant theologically, but spiritually still remain a midget. Because James says it doesn't do you any good to have the knowledge if the practice is not there with it. By the same token, you could be under great preaching, okay? And by that, I mean proclamation, heralding, um, um, communicating. But yet, if it's not being truth that's being communicated, if it's not um, biblical knowledge that's being proclaimed in that context, then you could be proclaiming anything. Um, this is how false heresy is started or teaching or cults where you might have a very charismatic leader who is communicating, preaching, so to speak, proclaiming, heralding, but what he's proclaiming, heralding, um, proclaiming is false, untrue. So this is why I say that here in, this, in that context, all faithful preaching must have an element of teaching. But I think to be faithful preaching, there has to also be proclamation. So sometimes we, we may have the thought or the attitude of, you know, I just want someone to teach me the Bible. I don't want somebody to proclaim the Bible. I don't want somebody to, to be messing with me or exhorting me. Or, And I'd say that when we have that sort of attitude, we have a misunderstanding of what knowledge is for. By the same token, we might be drawn to people who can really are persuasive speakers, who are great preachers, who are great communicators, but because their theology is amiss or very thin, okay, or, or, or deviated in some sort of way from orthodoxy, we can be easily led astray. We have to value both things. We have to value both teaching and preaching and understand their relationship to one another. Um, flip in your Bibles, if you've got your Bibles out there, this is a Bible study after all, to 2 Timothy, and I'm pulling this up on um, my Bible as well. Listen to what Paul says to Timothy about these two things of preaching and teaching and how they're interwoven, but how they're crucially related. 2 Timothy 4.1, Paul says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. There it is. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort, now listen to this, with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming will people, when people will not endure sound teaching. But have itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Do you, do you see how these things are fundamentally related? What does this have to do with me, Pastor Paul, you might ask? Well, we all need a diet of faithful teaching and preaching in our lives. Um, a lot of times um, we can maybe so focus on Bible study, so focus on theology. Um, think of, you know, we're into podcasts. Oh, we don't need to really go to church. We can catch the sermon later on, on, um, on YouTube or something like that. Forgetting 
that a fundamental aspect of gathering in person is that we are being exhorted, that we are proclaiming, that we are uh, being called to response and action. It's really, really crucial, okay? That cannot be mediated through, through any sort of media. By the same token, maybe we're faithful churchgoers and we hear faithful preaching. However, if we're not also students of the word, um, understanding, teaching, discerning, then we're also going to be unbalanced in that way. If the only teaching, let me say it this way, comes through your exposure to the Word of God on a Sunday morning, I would say that's um, far and away not adequate, right? There, there, there has to be a, a body of knowledge and truth that people are growing into. It's why we have community groups and Bible studies and all those sorts of things. So there's a lot we can, we can gather from what Matthew says here about preaching and teaching, and I hope that that is helpful. Let me pray for us, and we'll be back tomorrow. Lord, thanks for this time. Thanks again for giving us your word. We want it to be faithfully taught and preached in our own lives. And so, Lord, bless us as we do. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. See you tomorrow.